0: Uh, welcome to another episode of the uh, Gap Down Backer podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest. We have um, Coach Sean Coltis for, uh, with us today. Um, he is the head football coach at Evansville Central in Indiana. Um, they made a pretty good run this year in 4A football. Uh, my research is correct. They went 12-1. and um, I believe rushed for over a little, 4. correct me if I'm wrong, Coach, 4,900 yards, correct?
1: Yeah, well over 4,000. I know we were over 4,000.
0: Awesome, Coach. I, I've done that once once in 10 years, and that's always a fun experience when you can kind of just, oh, run, run it at will. But um, for coaches who don't know you or um, haven't had a chance to talk to you, you want to kind of give a quick background on how you ended up at uh, Evansville Central?
1: Sure. You know, I was a defensive coordinator in Illinois at a school called Bolingbroke High School. It's an 8A school, which is the largest in Illinois. Um, you know, I was there for a while and then, you know, had a great head coach. Uh, he's about my age he's not going anywhere anytime soon so you know I always want to be a head football coach and I went to IU so you know when I started applying for head coaching jobs I was kind of familiar with with southern Indiana and uh you know found my way down here to, to Evansville to take a head coaching job so I was D coordinator in Illinois and uh now I'm here at Evansville
2: Central and um, like I said I've been here for two years now and uh, we had a nice little run this year
0: um and, and so I so I don't just ignore Coach Deary. Coach Deary, how are you doing?
2: Oh, you know I'm great, man. I, I've been uh, working out with the head coach every day for the last three weeks after school, so I, I'm really sore today, man. We did front squat. Yeah,
0: how combo how was your little front, front squat combo today?
2: They, they, were, they were different. <laughs> my, my whole body numb. Let's just put it that way. Uh, I don't have no feeling.
0: All right. Um. Well, co- Coach, I, I kind of want to go back to the. I mean, you said you were DC for a while. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, How did you then come to the wing tee? Uh, sure. What was that kind of natural progression look like?
1: I think it's something where I'd always say, like, okay, when I'm going to be a head coach, what do I want to do? You know, I think it's just, you know, something that I've always believed in, especially with more and more people going spread. You know, that's old Bill Belichick thing. Like, he he want if, if everybody – you know, I, I know he was a 3-4 guy with the Giants – And then everybody in the NFL switched to the 3-4. Well, then he went to the 4-3 because he wanted to be the only guy running it. You know, he's always kind of on the cutting edge. I know Bill Belichick was, you know, running all that empty spread stuff with Brady. Then everybody in the NFL started doing it a couple years ago. They won the Super Bowl running double tie-dye formation. So he's kind of always going against the trends um, with everybody going spread. I I think wing T is unbelievable. It's hard to prepare for. Even if the other coach knows how to, thinks he knows how to stop it. He's got three days to teach a bunch of high school kids how to stop it and you're probably the only one on their schedule running it i think it lends itself well especially up you know i know you guys are in ohio i'm from illinois i'm coaching indiana when it's cold yeah, that's an offense i don't care if it's raining i don't care if it's snowing or windy or whatever the heck it is i think it's something you can function um also you know you're not dependent on anything if you're going to say i'm going to run a spread okay do you have a dual threat quarterback do you have a tailback that's unbelievable? Do you have a bunch of receivers? Do you have an offensive line that can keep your quarterback upright? You know, wing T, it makes an average offensive line look good, even if they're undersized. You know, if your quarterback can throw it or run it, good, you can feature that. If not, you're fine. You know, you know, you're not relying on having a great running back. You just need three good ones. You know, a lot of the a lot of the blocking is predicated on the faking and things like that. So I, I just think from year to year, it's a system. You know, that not only nobody runs, but something you can run year in and year out. Um, and you're not reliant on anything. And, and if there's bad weather, you're, you're still going to be able to function. So I just think it's a perfect uh, high school system that I, I truly believe in.
2: Yeah. And I, and I think it goes hand in hand on defense, too, right? I mean, you, oh, yeah. Everyone wants to play dominant defense, but, you know, you kind of, I can't tell you know, how many times that I played. You know, I'm a defensive coordinator myself. And, you know, the team go that up tempo stuff and they go three and out, three and out, three and out. And they can't get the rhythm. Yeah, you know, it, it kind of. If you want to build something with long term success, I, I can't imagine a better option than the Wing T. Like, and someone said if you get better athletes. Okay, maybe you can kind of space it out a little bit and still run this well, stuff. That's even better. better, right? If you got, if you can run Jet Suite with a five three guy, and you get a four six guy, just yeah, I mean, better. If I mean, run it. I mean, I'd yeah. say it would just be even better. I mean, you don't gotta that's to to that point. Uh-huh. i've been a big believer and i think it just goes so many people try to pick a this philosophy is like all right we're gonna have an explosive offense in a dominant defense and they usually just never go hand in hand
1: yeah why well, i think too is if you run the wing t you're probably bleeding the clock you're going to be a very low turnover mm-hmm. type team so even if you're not scoring your punt punting the ball so i mean it's it's things like that where it's, it's certainly going to help your help your defense. But the thing is, I would just say is like, it's flexible. You know, certainly if you have a split end out there, can catch the ball, you know, and, and he's outstanding out there. Well, then you might throw to him more, you know, or if, if you have a quarterback that maybe is an option guy, you can run some belly option or down option. If you don't, well, guess what? You can just run belly sweep or down sweep. And you still got a perimeter play that comes off your belly or down sweep. So I, I just think it's somewhere. It has answers. It's flexible from year to year, you know, depending on what you got. You know, and it's something i think it's important it's like you know what pick something you know all these coaches they, they have a losing record they go to a clinic all right we're going to switch to this offense to this defense well then it doesn't work and then the next year they go to a clinic and they switch again and they switch again because they never get good at anything and they never understand anything and, and and by picking a system not only do i have to know it my kids have to know it for four years my assistants have to know it so i think if you stay with the system. Now it's like I was thinking about like a kid studying a math test for four years. If, if every year, if I have him study something freshman year and I switch it on him, sophomore year he studies something, I switch it on him. No, no, no. Like four years, that kid's learning the same offense. Now he, he comes back and it's a review. Same thing with my coaches. Like they know it and they can drill
2: it. And so it's not just me that has it. So it's the kids and the, yeah. the assistant coaches. So well, how many, how many coaches switch an offense after a year? And how do you expect kids to buy into a system if you don't even buy into it, right? If you can't buy into it for more than a year and you switch to something different, then why would kids buy into you, right? Just, you yeah, it's just I think, crazy. think
1: so. A lot of coaches do that. I'll tell you right now, a lot of them do it, and the good ones don't. The good ones are known for something, and, and they, they have a system that, the thing is systems have answers. You know, you, you get in a game and, and somebody's doing something, and you know right now, because you know your system so well, what the answer to the problem is, and that's that's important.
2: It's, it's the most. I think being able to adjust on the fly and having an if you if you don't know your system well enough. To I, I remember we're playing uh, Stebbins this year, and I'm really struggling trying to stop ten-person running game, and it wasn't a it wasn't a permanent fix, but it was just running a front that we really haven't practiced all week because it would have put us two guys in the C gap. And, but I didn't really care. You know, it was the only thing that would work at the time, and we just kind of stopped the bleeding. And, and maybe I need to do a better job in clinic coming up with better answers or maybe finding better drills. And that's stuff that we can address in the off season. But being able to have something built in right away, you know, right it in on it, you yeah. know what I mean? It may yeah. be not be a permanent solution, but like, hey, this can be something right now. We stopped the bleeding, and maybe yeah. we can address it later in the off season, and we just kind of drill this better. You do your off offseason before that you know if if they're stopping if the play side back with being a son of a gun on buck you just got to run trap. but yeah you know, it's just it's me having those answers and i think that the kids see that too if you're if, if it ain't working in the
1: game so your offense isn't working they know right now like you're either panicking or you're you you're calm and you're telling your kids guys we're good they're doing this here's what we're gonna do and all of a sudden it starts working and the kids believe when you can problem solve on the sideline calmly Communicate that to the kids. Same thing on defense. If they're doing something, you know, I'm always, you know, I'm always one of those guys, give me the iPad. Let me see it. All right. You know, <laughs> you need to know too. is like, all right, is, is it not working because they're taking it away? You know, may, maybe a certain place not working because they're taking it away with numbers or maybe it's not working because your kid's not doing what he's supposed to do, mm-hmm. you know, bad technique or, or whatever, you know, so being able to figure out like, all right, is it not working because they're just taking it away and we need to do something else? Or again, is, is it the kid? Like it, it will work if the kid would do what we practice all week and show them, look, you're supposed to kick out right with your right shoulder and you're not doing it and you know, whatever, whatever it is, something like that. So just being able to, if you understand your system mm-hmm. during a game, you can, you can solve problems, which is what I'll tell you what, one of the best things I've ever heard at a clinic was 75% of communication from coaches during a game, is pointless. It's yelling at referees, yelling at kids, saying stupid stuff like, oh, my God, he should have made that tackle. Like, that doesn't do anything. No, Great coaches in a game figure out what's working, and they keep doing it. They figure out what's not working and why, and they solve the problem, and they communicate it to their assistant coaches and their players. And that's it. And if you're doing anything other than that, you're not helping your team win. So I thought that was really interesting. It was like, basically, the coaches are point out the most communication in a game is not helping you win it needs to be effective communication problem solving and then then once you solve the problem communicate it to all stakeholders that can you know obviously make that correction to help you win a game
0: that is one thing that drives me right excuse
2: me you said you got that head coaching job two years ago yeah i've been here for two years so what what were some of the challenges you had teaching the staff there's in-game adjustments and making sure everything is being effectively communicated so you're able to get it done on the fly
1: sure i think just kind of understanding like why kind of troubleshooting it beforehand like understanding look guys like you know these are the most common errors i would say these are the things that most people do wrong on the play that are gonna gonna kill it you know or defensively like these are you know so understanding beforehand what those common mistakes are and that's exactly what you should be practicing you know so kind of understanding like look where can this thing go wrong what are those things that if if we don't do it right are gonna gonna hurt us? And then be able to, to pinpoint it on film and say, There it is. He ain't doing it right. You know, and, and you know, because you're so familiar with the system that you know right now, like, look, like if we do this wrong, it ain't gonna work. And then it jumps out at you and it slaps you across the face because you you understand your system uh, so well. And be able to differentiate between is it an error in the scheme that we're not doing, or again, are they just taking away buck? And we need to run weak so being able to understand the difference between there was an error technique of an assignment or it's just the other team that's just putting so many darn people over there you need to try something else and knowing it right now
0: sure well going back to what you were saying like one thing that drives me insane when anytime i hear a coach say it is you have to win that like th- that that just comment after a kid doesn't like you're not correcting technique you're not doing anything no, specific.
1: specific
0: yeah it's like you you telling a kid he has to win it has no factor on helping him at all. Like okay, what well, is
1: it? like a youth football parent yelling, Tackle him? Yeah. Well, like eleven guys are trying to tackle guy with the ball. You need to say right now, like, okay, you didn't break down on your tackle, or maybe you were looking at his head and got faked out by his head and said looking at his waist or Some type of technique with tackling hand
0: placement, placement. you at the
1: force man and you need to aim at his outside hip. And I don't care that you miss that tackle, but God darn it, you can't let the ball outside of you because there's nobody out there. And so, I mean, it, just being real specific about your tackling, you know, the technique or maybe, you know, he was supposed to be inside out or he's supposed to be outside in or whatever the heck it is being real
2: specific yeah. with scheme or technique. Well, and that's like, important because it's positive reinforcement. It's yeah. not stating the obvious. Yeah. yeah we, we, had a, we had an issue. We, we had an issue. I mean, we had a play. Where uh, number three ran across like a ten yard cross, and number two would run a post out of trips, and my free safety kept running with the little 10-, 12 yard crosser, and yep. they kept throwing the post behind them. They were incomplete two times in the third one. They scored a touchdown on. Yeah, like you know, just easily well, uh, just said like, hey, exactly on the first first yeah,
1: or you know, don't wait till the touchdown occurs. Like, okay. hopefully somebody yeah, was but,
2: like, what's in the him He kept making the miss too much. We had two safeties make the same mistake, and then I put the yeah. third one in. And he, it, it is what it is, but like he came off the field, and I was able to. T- they didn't make the same mistake again. They learned whatever. Yeah. But then in film, I'm able to say, "Hey, you know, I understand. Ooh, you got, got in coverage, scratch, but you teach it's, it's football, right? Yeah. It, it's three, why is he trying to cross your face? Because they're trying to run something behind you now." Yeah. We never ran into that issue the rest of the year because you taught them and you learned them instead of, well, you got deep third, deep middle of the field. The best analogy I always give kids with that combination is, it's like
1: fishing. That quarterback saying, come on, fishy. Oh, man. Take the bait, run up and, and cover that shallow route so we can throw behind you. And if you run up, you know, it's so just, you know, they're trying to get you to take the bait. You know, it's trying to yeah, tell them yeah. if there's somebody in front of you, there's somebody behind you. You know, it's same thing with corners on a, Smash route with a hitch in the corner. They're always trying to run something in front of you to get behind you. You know that, that's good defensive coach. They're always you know they're trying to run a toss instead of reverse or a halfback pass. And you know it's 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 tough to teach kids what their job is and get them to buy into assignment football. But that's that's defense. You know, getting those kids to buy into their job and getting yeah. getting them to trust their teammates
2: and do that. And just making sure it's positive reinforcement, missed Like you said, man, you coach them right. You're not yelling at them.
1: Well, the thing is the kid was trying to make a play your free safety wasn't running up to make you mad he was running up because he was trying to make a play but he didn't understand how he's hurting the defense yeah. i don't know and that's why in practice maybe you walk through a route let him come up and then you blow your whistle and you freeze all right look behind you and now he can see it you know or like you said show him in film but hopefully <laughs> make those mistakes you know I, I always try to troubleshoot in practice because yeah. i know what mis- you know i think as a coach You know go through and evaluate all your offense and defense and see what killed you and that's exactly what you should be practicing yeah better to learn those mistakes and i always tell kids you know mistakes are great just make them in practice you know
2: no doubt man no doubt
0: i agree coach now let's kind of move on to your kind of like wing t system okay um where do you guys start? Like everybody's a little different on their kind of like I mean obviously buck sweeps most wing T teams kind of go to, but is that your day one install? Um
1: well yeah, I would say we're gonna install by series just because I think the backfield action is the same. So you know, you wanna I, I would say you'd you'd be a fool not to do it that way. So you know, installing you we might have a whole week of like, all right, this is Buck. It's so, like we're gonna have buck sweep installed, you know, fullback trap, your waggle, like, you know, all, all that's gonna be installing the same thing because it's so easy for the the backfield you know yeah. all right guys it's the same action but now you know it, it should look the same to the defense but he's getting the ball and he's getting the ball, on, getting the ball on, so it, I think it kind of just teaches the back for that look it's a series and the defense it should look identical to them and I think installing it that way truly gets kids buying in the faking aspect of it so like look if we're running fullback trap the dive back and the quarterback they should think that you're, you know, the quarterback, they should think you're running waggle and the dieback, they should think you're running buck sweep. So, you know, or if we're running buck sweep, the fullback's faking his tree, you know, so they can just get him to buy and understand the back foot action. It's a series and the faking. So we did install it like that. And if we were doing belly, you know, the next week, then, all right, we're going to put in belly and belly sweep and tackle trap counter and all that together. And then we would install the passes the same as well. So whatever pass plays we had off of, in our Bucs series, we'd be installing the week that we install all the Bucs stuff. So it's kind of how we do it.
0: Okay. And then, what is your kind of, what, out uh, curiosity, what does your kind of practice look like? How do you break the timing up for that? Um,
1: sure. So, I mean, I, I would say we always did team takeoff first. So, team takeoff, we put the ball on like the five yard line or the 10 yard line, and everybody's sprinting full speed through the end zone. So I think that's great because it really gets kids to buy into the faking aspect. So even if you just put the ball at the five and say, look, everybody's sprinting full speed through the end zone. So now you got your quarterback and your fullback and your dive back. They're all carrying out their fakes, not only through the line of scrimmage, but five yards past the line of scrimmage so that that's going to get every, you know, buying into the faking aspects and okay. You're reviewing everything you've installed. So week one, okay. You may not do team takeoff cause it's all installed but now you come week two, well now you're always gonna start off practice by reviewing what you've already done. So now say you get to week three and you've installed your buck series and your belly series, well now week three, you can review that. So I, I just think it's a great way to review what you've already installed. You, you can carry out your fake and full speed through the end zone. You know, I, I just think it's a great thing. And it, it starts off practice with energy. Like I wanna, after we're done warming up, I want practice to start off like right now with something where you know, it's going to set the tempo for the rest of practice. So I'm a big believer in team takeoff. Then we'd go to Indy, right? So any type of individual we do, you know, obviously the old line is working on now. I want everybody to be on the same page. So say it's that week one that we're going to be installing buck sweep at the end of practice. Well, our offense line better be working on buck sweep, right? The backfield's working on buck sweep. Like everybody's working on buck sweep. So when we come together at the end of practice, everybody's already done their parts now fits together. And I know that's, That's obvious, but a lot of coaches don't do that. Mm -hmm. How frustrating it would be that you're not actually doing that. So how many coaches are giving those practice plans to everybody and and you're being on the same page with what you're actually going to accomplish that day. You know, if if you're planning on, all right, at the end of practice, we're going to be running buck sweep versus a four-four. All right, well, they need to be working on that individual. So when you come to the end of practice, you know, you were working on blocking it versus that front or whatever you were doing. So just being on the same page. Um, I, I think is, is, is really, really important. And then the other thing, too, is I'd say when we get into the season, I never assume somebody's going to run the defense they've shown us on film. <laughs> never. Okay? So it's what I love about our offense is throughout the week, I might tell our O-line coach, okay, today block all our plays versus a 4-4. Four four. All right, tomorrow you're going to do an under front. Uh, next time you're going to do a 3-4 or 5-2, and then the last day do a bare front. Okay, so now <laughs> – you know, we we never assume we're going to get in a game because we'll see anything and everything because you're sitting there watching somebody on film and everybody's playing a spread. We get the defense of the week. So we're, what I love about our offense is we're always reviewing our rules. Look, guys, I don't care what they come out in. We're going to be ready no matter what they do, you know, and, and, and I think that's great is that we don't run a whole lot of plays, but we have great execution and they truly understand the rules and, and we can get in a game and, and, and adjust on the fly and do really, really well with our, our blocking.
2: Now, now, when you get like so O-line, I'm assuming you have one coach at least, obviously. But do you have two? Yeah, we have two. Okay. So how do you guys break that up? Do you? Do you, uh, so why you should, we used to do O-line, break up with, I would take, you know, play side. Yep. And sure. work on down blocking, making sure angles are crisp. Um, and we'd just do trash can review and then I would lead into drills. Yep. And then our, our, our other low alignment, he would take, uh, the two guards and the scooper. Yeah. So if you're, for instance, I would say it depends
1: on the play. And like, the, I like what you said about the garbage cans. So like before practice, when we're in pre-practice, the O line, we have two groups. We have the younger guys and the older guys, right? Mm-hmm. One of them is going to be on garbage cans, like reviewing their blocking rules. And the other group is going to be near the sled or like the shoots, like okay. working on you know driving the sled or, or firing out low. And then like the next day they'll flip. So that way, say you're practicing four days a week, two days a week they're going to get review before practice on cans, and the other two days they're going to be driving a sled or you know working on the shoots
2: firing out low. So I like that cause that's, that's, that's important in pre-practices. That, you no, know, and that's important in developing coaches too, right? Now you've oh, got yeah. two coaches teaching, working on. Now he's getting extra work coaching technique and. Reviewing all by himself, you know what I mean? So you guys, I never thought about doing something that rules and then the other half on sled
1: and shoots, you know, and, and, and that's great. And like I said, they'll flip every other day. So one day they're on cans, we're on the block rules, the next day they're doing sleds and shoots. Um, And now you were asking about how you divide up if you had two O-line coaches, mm-hmm. if I was doing belly, all right, play side of belly, I would just have the play side guard and tackle, right? Working on, you know, whether they're cross-blocking it or they're trying to open that yeah. sucker up or whatever different schemes you have. We really only – we have – if there's a player in the B-gap, we cross-block it. Yeah, That B-gap's open, then we're just going to open that sucker up and base-block it. And every once in a while we'll get somebody A-gap and B-gap, we just wash that sucker down.
2: Okay. We get a hardcore 50 with a uh, four and then an outside linebacker just kind of hanging on top of the wing. But we, we have one that we, – we do – we you faced that when I was first starting. We banned it. So anytime, yeah,
1: and again, I, I know people do it that way too, and I don't think there's a wrong way. I would just be careful in not having some people have eight different ways of locking a place. I don't. I think that's a huge mistake because all of it looks good on paper, but the bottom line is, can can you execute it? Sure. I like about you know when we have down down. So say there's an A gap and a B gap threat, and we wash it down. That's our same philosophy as if the DN slants inside. So say say we are locking it versus a you know a four force. They have a, a nose and a five technique DN lags for them. Look, there's a guy in the A gap and the C gap. So we're going to try to open that thing up. But if the guy in the C gap slants inside, mm-hmm. what does it become? It becomes A and B gap, So we're going to wash that thing down. So I, mean, it, I think it has some carryover there. Um, you know, doing things like that. So we try not to do too much, but, you know, sure. give them just enough to make that play go uh, no matter what. So on belly, we just have the guard and tackle working together, you know, making their calls. And then obviously the center, the backside guard and the backside tackle are all scooping.
2: Yeah. They're working on, you know, because they're all pretty much scooping play side and, and zoning that sucker. Yeah. So we don't, That's actually the hardest part about belly. I always taught, taught the backside and the, Cause I was just better with the zone stuff. I played I an played in inside zone scheme. So just understanding the double-teamed aspect of it. But, yeah, that's... A, that's
1: we a we cool. always, on the backside, our backside guard and tackle, one of them always cuts, and one of them always climbs the backer. That's our okay. rule. So if the guard... The guard makes a me or a you call, so if the backside guard's going to cut, he says, me, me, me. If, and now he cuts if he has somebody, like, head up or in his A-gap. So I just don't okay. look like... If there's a three technique, the tackle should be able to cut that guy. Right. So basically, I tell that guard, like, if you got somebody head up or inside that A gap, you call me, 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 and you're cutting, and that tackle will climb. But if there's okay. nobody head up, you or nobody in that A gap, you call you, you, and now you're going to the backer. And I'll tell you what, it's great. It works. That's a real simple thing for us. And I, and those D linemen hate it. <laughs> they hate getting cut. You know, and our centers, obviously, seven play side A to. Backside linebacker and all, just kind of scooping, but between our backside guard and tackle, they're always cutting and climbing. So we always work on that in Indy because we don't want to cut our own guys when it gets a team.
0: Yeah.
1: So we'll kind of work on our our, our cut blocking is is uh, backside. it. now if we're doing buck sweep though, that's different. I want those two guards together. So now you got the you know the the guard is going to pull and kick, and the backside guard is going to pull and wrap. You know, so we'll, we'll kind of mix up who's with who depending on on the play. All right, do, you, do
0: you, um before I get to some passing stuff which which is going to scare some people. Um but uh do you guys run any two tight ends at all or double tight
1: sets? We didn't. We didn't and again, I would just say is like do you have two tight ends yeah. that are dominant? Yeah. You know, so again, I, I I wouldn't be adverse to it. Um you know, obviously it it's a little bit different, you know, from it all to your passing game and things like that. Um and maybe your your weak side running game, but I wouldn't be adverse to it if we had the two tight ends, okay. but we, we didn't do it. We were more traditional with, we ran um, what people would call 100-900. We ran 100-900 with end over, you know, bring that split end over to the tight end wing side. And then we ran slot formation, you know, so we basically had a tight end dive back on the same side and then a wing back and a split end on the same side. Okay. And that. Those are our three main formations.
0: Now, now, one of the things you did mention when we were messaging back and forth and this is not a topic we've really addressed in our any of our um, video videos and podcasts yet. Um, but you talked to me a little bit about pass game and kind of how you kind of you didn't throw a lot, but you threw effectively. And yeah. That, and that and that that's I mean I think that's part of the uh, how do I want to word this? Uh, if you can do it real well in this offense, throw effectively, you can make this really dynamic.
1: And, and oh, I'm coach. Yeah, it was. I'll tell you what, like. Again, we threw, I'm not even kidding you, about five times a game. I was hoping it would be about seven-ish. Um, but here's the thing. If you, say you throw seven times a game. If you hit three big ones, I mean big ones, right? I mean, that, that, that's huge, right? Say you're three out of seven passing for over 100 yards and one or two touchdowns, right? Now you hit three passes for over 100 yards. That's over 33 yards a catch, <laughs> that other defensive coordinator knows. He doesn't know when, but he knows you're gonna pass at some point. So those guys better better stay back. And if they don't, you know, it, it's a home run. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I think it's you know it's something where it's just enough to plant that seed of doubt in those DBs' minds. And when we do pass, it, it's gonna be big. You know, and, and and I'd say set it up. Pass when you want to pass. Don't pass third and long. Our kids got frustrated with me they watch the NFL and they expect third and long, we're going to throw it deep. That's the last time I want to pass. Third and long, we're going to run trap. Yes. First crisscross, something like that. And you know what? Belly sweep. We hit it a lot of times. Yeah. We hit first downs on third and long running that stuff. We wanted to pass first and 10, second and two, third and two, because that, that's when it's going to work. And call it because you're not guessing. When you're running a play, Stare at those DBs, and if they come flying up, that that's when you want to hit it. Um, and something I'll tell you what, we pass to our tight end a lot, deep, and I can show you some on film here. Something that I really love is I got this from Jim McKee, who's a head coach at Scott County High School. We're gonna
0: talk to Jim here in about like two and a half weeks. So he,
1: awesome, great guy. I'll tell you what, he he's had fourteen years in a row of ten or more wins. <laughs> They've been to state four times. They're the only non-Louisville school to win state in the last, I don't know how long in that largest class. It's always Trinity, St. X, or male And that guy, I've learned more from him than any wing T coach ever. And he's phenomenal. Here's what he taught me about throwing your tight end. When he blocks for this tight end, 90% of the time, you'd think a tight end on a running play would block a, a D lineman or a linebacker. He runs as tight end at the safety on almost every running play. Mm-hmm. Tight end goes at the safety. Goes at the safety. Goes at the safety. Well that safety, every time you run the ball, sees the tight end coming at him. Yeah, that's actually finally play action and the tight ends running the safety runs right by him for a touchdown. And and that was as big a part of our passing offense as anything, is you're setting it up. Now, if I'm a well-coached defensive back, if every time they run, the tight end blocks a D-end or a linebacker, I'm going to know, all right, every time that tight end blocks a D-end or linebacker, come up because it's a run. And when he runs by him, it's a pass. Well, Jim McKee is such a genius. He runs his tight end to safety every time. time, Almost every time. And, And it sets up these home runs where, I mean, I'm not even kidding you. I've seen his film. I saw our film this year. We had our tight end so wide open. It, was, it wasn't It was a matter of if he was in the open, it was, was he going to catch it? <laughs> it was that laughable. I mean, I, I'm a, I'll never think, I mean, this
2: is kind of the difference between uh, I mean, that was, that's kind of almost like a triple option preparation. That's what bothers me is you got that wing back always good block to safety for alley players. And after a while, they kind of hit that little seam. You know what I yeah. mean? And that, that that's always in the back of my mind. I, how hard is that to implement that your tight end goes to the safety in terms of like maybe like a buck sweep? hour?
1: no, so again, I would say that's probably the one player I wouldn't send him to the safe. Okay, okay, buck, so buck sweep. That's I would okay. not send him to safe. So, buck sweep, you know, again, I it depends whether you want to inside release a seven technique or not. Yeah, we just kind of keep it simple told them to block the first player inside. So, if there was a seven technique or a CFDN, we had him lock on. Uh, our tight end was actually a really good blocker, so we actually had him take him. Or, you know, he would go to linebacker, right? Yeah. But almost every other play, if we're running belly or belly sweep, or, or, you know, almost every play that we ran, we were sending tight end to, to safety. You know, trap, he was more linebacker-ish to sure. say he was going the to the level. But, but I'm saying he was pretty much letting a DN go on every play except buck sweep maybe blocking inside on a, a cf guy or, or a, a forward technique that was set up
2: and i'll tell you what there, there's a school in the dayton area is called bellbrook high school and uh, they've been winning teeth for about five or six years since we, and uh I, I think the one thing that makes them so dangerous is i was just talking at of stats a couple of days ago this quarterback completed like 65 percent of his passes and he threw for, like, 13 touchdowns, and he only played seven games this year. Yeah. And, and the one thing is, and he, and I think a lot of WNC teams missed his boat, how, how do you design your passing game? I think the one thing that may be really tough to him defend is his run game and pass game look identical. They better. And, and yeah, the, How do you go about designing that? That that play
1: action has got to look alike. Here's something else. So I, again, I'm going to keep referring back to Jim McKee because he's a genius, and he's as good as anybody. Anytime you're running play action, the play side of the offensive line better fire out low. Mm-hmm. That that you're trying to make it look like a run. So I would obviously the faking in the backfield better be great. Say you're running, you know, some type of belly play action pass to your right. right well, first of all, the, the play action in the backfield better be great. But if you're faking a belly to the right, the right guard and the right tackle need to fire out low. Now they can't go running ten yards on the field, but they need to fire out low and sell it. Now the backside of the offensive line, they can step and hinge or sure. step up because you're not faking it to that side. So I would just say that, you know, super important, great fake in the backfield. Make sure you're setting it up. Pass when you want to pass in, in a situation yeah. where they think you have run. Set it up and then make sure that play side of the offensive line fires out low and, and really, really sells it. You know, And then, like you said, make sure that the play-action pass looks as close to some type of run as you
2: got. You know, so that way you're you're setting up that, that secondary to come come running up. That's actually good because I, I just I've seen a few Win T teams. That's like my nitpicking is their only really pass game is maybe some maybe a little bit of belly pass or waggle.
1: Yeah. But like
2: when I get bell book, I, I I mean it's hard for me to get mad at my kids when everything from D B wise, why we see everything looks the same. Yeah. Like, like they scored three they scored on they scored on a slant uh wheel concept into the boundary yeah and they motioned across and it was just same thing they've kind of ran all game yeah i got released out too and it, everything looked the same his first three steps everything looked the same and then all of a sudden he bowed out for a wheel and well, i maybe like, it's oh, a dive man.
1: back's been blocking a linebacker and he's blocking a linebacker he's by glumper now he's got to run full speed right at that linebacker and then just run right by him. But it but but it's, yeah. it's got to look something similar to what you've been doing you know and then the other thing too is i'll tell you this One of the best things we do, and again, we got it from Jim McKee, is one-on-one passing to your split end. Now, intelligent one-on-one passing to your split end, here's what I love about it. If the corner's one-on-one out there, if he's one-on-one, right, and hopefully you got a dude out there, okay, what are they giving you? If that corner's 7 to 10 yards off, bailing out of there pretty quick, we ran a now screen. I mean, our quarterback, as quick as he could, was throwing the, I mean, as fast as he could get the ball, the split in the split end, literally inside foot up took one step with his outside foot and showed the quarterback, his numbers, caught the ball. If you make one guy miss, you're gone. Well, he, here's, here's what the beauty of that you'll never get sacked. The ball will never be intercepted. The quarterback does not have to make a read because you're telling him who to throw to, right? It gets your quarterback's confidence up. You should complete that pass. I tell him, look, We're going to miss it every once in a while, but that ball should be a 95% completion rate. And if your guy makes somebody miss, he's gone. Now, the other thing we did was if it was one-on-one and we felt our, our, our receiver was better than the corner or the guy was pressed, we'd outside release and run a fade, right? So if they're pressed up and you outside release, that corner's got to turn his back on the ball. So I would explain to our kids, like, look, this is like, getting a rebound in basketball where you see the ball come off the rim and the corner doesn't. If you outside release him, that corner has to man turn and turn his back on the quarterback. If he makes a nice throw high to the outside, we can fade away from him. We worked on that all the time, was now and fade. And and being able to intelligently call it in the game, you know, it was like, look up the corners one-on-one and he's 10 yards off. Let's throw some nows. There was one game we threw – I want to say 10 nows this year and we thought of it like a run. We were going to complete it every time. And our kid was going to get at a minimum five to 10 yards. If you made the guy miss, he was gone. And then the same thing with fade, you know, we threw fade a lot, liked it in the red zone too, because you're probably going to get man to man. So we just worked on throwing that ball at that back pylon. Now when you throw fade in the red zone, you got to make sure you're doing it one step or that guy might run off the back. So so versus like, if we're throwing fade in the regular part of the field, you know, we're going to three-step it, but if we're throwing fade, uh, you know, in, in the uh, red zone, we're going to one-step thing. And, and, and again, no read for the quarterback, no risk of sack, probably not a risk of interception, especially on a now. Yeah. If you throw an interception on fade, right. It's like a punt. You throw it deep, yeah. So I mean, it, it's not the worst in the world. So I, I really like that, that, uh, you know, quick game to the split end. um, and, But calling it intelligently based on how far the leverage of the corner was and, and things like that and how good your split end was
2: it's hysterical i mean actually we uh we did something similar with the press and fade uh, we did a little inner squad scrimmage like right before the season started and i, I dude it's happened two times in a row before i just stopped being dumb. <laughs> and i just run i press two because they like run a jet sweep to the split end so put my corner in press let them sit right there for jet sweep because i know that wide receiver they're going to want to block i get them in third and 12 i said i oh, might as well because there's a good receiver out there. I said, I'll bracket him. It was kind of my thought process. Well, if they run a slant, it's my time for my inside linebacker to scoop underneath. And uh, if they run a fade, I have an athletic enough safety to get over top. And third, Look, eight, three times in a row, they get it.
1: Receiver, I'm going to run for 700
2: yards on you So That'd be great. I know. Uh, I'm <laughs> weird. But just sweep is fine. Buck sweep's a whole different ballgame, man. You can't play too high against buck sweep. That's because I think
1: if, if I get you worried about double teaming a split end, yeah. That's great. And, and you know what? I'm not going to throw out there. So if you want to sit there and play cover two and have a corner way out yeah. wide, I'm going to tell my receiver to split to the sideline and then take your safety and corner way out of there, and, and we'll just have that, that receiver block out on your corner and, and cut up into that alley and,
2: and never pass ball once all game. Well, I mean, honestly, man, I, I always think, and someone said, I think split ink can sometimes be the most undervalued yeah, you need can one. A that, that's another team. thing about the wing team you need yeah, to and, and if he can 20%. get it done and not to make the defense stress right? right one guy i'm not relying on
1: finding four like a spread team but you can <laughs> find one receiver that, that's gonna you know oh yeah
0: and, and like i said so they don't have to be like if they're not speed burners they they're good route runners that that yep. good enough like i mean we have a junior receiver who's not a burner but i mean he was our starting JV receiver this year because he was our best route runner and had the best hands of all those kids.
1: Like yeah. our receiver played both ways. He was a corner, never came out the field on defense. Was on special teams all the time. You know, and I what I taught him, which I thought was almost laughable was I I always taught him, "Look, does your block matter if we're running buck sweep into the boundary and you're split out to the field?" I told him to fake and now we're out I said, take one step, show your quarterback the numbers and just stand there because we're not running towards you. So that kind of let him, you know, get some gas in his gas tank. Now, guess what, buddy? If it's split end over, if it's end over buck sweep and we're coming your way, you better block. Yeah. So it was kind of like intelligently taking a playoff. Why do I want the kid to go, you know, block full speed when his block has no impact on the play? Sure. I kind of taught him or... I'd say, look, buddy, if you're dead tired, we'll get a sub in there for you so you can get rest because, you know, we're probably going to pass five times a game anyway. So when well, I think
2: the element of – if you're running that now screen so well, think about the corner perspective. He's worried about not making that one-on-one tackle, you bust a buck sweep, that's your touchdown saver if you take out a pursuit.
1: Yeah,
2: you're, for he's sure. So worried about, you know what I mean? He's so yeah. worried about if you get burnt on a 15-yard on a one-on-one. The problem is, is – you, you're one-on-one and cover three, and you kind of bail. If you miss that tackle, like a huge gain touchdown, you, you, you no there's no hiding, man. You missed a tackle. It's embarrassing. And now you're worried about that, so you yep. come up a little bit, and now it's you're going to fade right by. And now you're going, man, I don't know
1: if I should come up or stay back. or. And, and now, now you take them away here. from
2: the run game, and you take them away from, I mean, you you I, that's actually one of that now screen. I, I've never, I well, like it. Better than the hitch, I just say, because you get the ball out quicker. You really don't let that outside
1: lemmer get out there. You know, I just—I I love it. It's—it's it's so easy. Our completion percentage on it was great. Um, it was one six-six DN we went against a darn near tipped one. So for the rest of the game, we had to cut him. That was—that was pretty <laughs> much the adjustment we had to make all year. On now it was we had a big tall kid, so we just the tackle to to cut him, which we like, and then that solved yeah. that problem. All right, this is actually Scott County. In Kentucky so you guys see the corner out here yeah yeah one-on-one no help you count the numbers right they got everybody in the box and one guy out there and he's playing really far off so here's the now right now just throw it make a guy miss you know it's 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 an easy completion I'll show you I'll run through a couple so again know why you're calling it and when to call it again everybody's in the box you're one-on-one and the corner's really far off can see right i'm just as fast as you can throw it boom shake and make a miss and, and i mean it's it's so easy you're you're getting completion you know immediately it's so simple but know why you're caught again everybody you count the numbers are all there's your 10 <laughs> he's playing off what they so like? throw right now look at how fu- I mean, he catches the ball look at how this guy is 12 yards away from him
2: mm-hmm.
1: i mean it's it's like stealing candy from a baby you're gonna get five or ten yards every play Again, look at how far off he is, right? This is all Scott County. They're in Kentucky. Throw it out there. I mean, and now you're just one-on-one. Make a miss. They were getting 10 yards, and they actually made the tackle. Yeah, Again, you can see it again. Everybody's in the box, and this guy's 10 yards off. That's when it's good. So know why you're calling it. Yeah, And, again, that move, don't, don't make a bunch of moves out there. Make a quick, decisive move. Yeah. So here's again now 10 guys in the box. You're one-on-one and the corners off. This is when you want to call now. Make a miss, preferably to the outside away from the the pursuit that's coming. Okay. So you can see it again, 10 guys in the box, one-on-one that guy's really far off. Let's chuck it. Make a miss hopefully. But even if you don't, they made the tackle, but I mean, you go back and look, they're getting like 10 yards. This is act. This is our team. Okay, but again, same thing. Okay, yeah, you can see right here. It's, it's actually third and nine, but you can't even see the corner in the picture. Okay, we actually wind up getting, I think, a touchdown on this. Now look, there's one guy just making miss. Now you're running up the side. That was third and nine, and we just threw an easy now route, and actually, you know, that kid made somebody miss. Just breaks the tackle, and we end up scoring a touchdown on. On the third and nine, just because they were they were probably anticipating a fade. Okay, so again, I, you can't really see the corner in that picture, but again, same thing. I can't even. See, I there's nowhere the corner is nowhere to be found. Okay, just, just get it, chuck it as fast as you can. It can miss. So again, a complete good completion percentage, chance for a big play. You know, but again, know why you're calling the play. Don't just yeah. throw darts to the dartboard. board, right? All right. So here we go. Fade. Now here's, here's the opposite, right? One-on-one press corner, throw the ball. This guy's got an outside release. And, and if you look at the corner, right, it's like a rebound in basketball where the receiver sees the ball outside release. And now you put that in that position. Now that receiver's going to look back for the ball. This guy's got his back to the play. Just throw it up high to the outside. You see this position here. He sees the ball corner. Does not know why you're calling the play yeah don't call it at random again one-on-one now how do you know it's man-to-man because of his eyes this guy's looking at that that receiver outside release him throw it high into the outside receiver sees the ball corner does it that, that, that's simple it's logical same thing anytime we see this one-on-one press it's man-to-man outside release and right now it's, it's logical. This guy can't see the ball thrown. Throw that ball high on the outside. Now we haven't gotten as good as the NFL with that back shoulder throw and all that stuff where you, you know, do that Aaron Rodgers stuff. But again, we're calling it because we're one-on-one and that guy's come up nice and close outside release throw it high into the outside away from that, that guy. Okay. So that that's some of that stuff. Now let me, let me show you some of the stuff for the, uh, Tight end is uh, coming up the field. I mean, just uncovered. Let's show you a couple of those here. All right, so here we go. Motion across. They're actually motioning across. This is Scott County. Motion across. They're faking tackle trap counter. And that tight end just running right up the field. Untouched. I am mean, just a beautiful play. What, what I love about this is you're getting the defense potentially looking at three things to open up your pass. One, you're getting them to look at the motion, right? This wing is motioning across. Then you're faking one, two. So you're, you're getting them to look at three different things, and that tight end just running by them. So your tight end on the post is your number one look, and then your check down is going to be a curl to that split end. So here we go. You're getting them to look at motion. You're faking tackle trap. One, two, look tight end one. That tight end post is open. I mean, you can see him. I mean, Scott County, they're so good. I mean, they get pass plays with that tight end. Nobody's even looking at them. Fake the tackle trap. Look for the tight end post one. It, and again, the quarterbacks read If That tight end's behind everybody, you're throwing it. If not, check it down to that curl. This one's laughable. I mean, you can tell before the play, both DBs are so worried about this motion. Fake tackle trap. Look at the tight end on this one. Oh, my God. I'm just—it's—it's it's hilarious how many times Scott County, you know, here it is again. Motion across, fake the tackle trap counter, look for the tight end post. I mean, that's—it's it's there. If not, again, it was there. But look at the curl too. Fake the tackle trap. If that—if you don't like the post, you tell me he couldn't have hit that too. Yeah. That corner was a deep guy. You could have hit the curl too. So again, he's looking touchdown checking down to that first down motion across fake tackle trap. Look tight end first. If he's behind that guy, throw it. Right. So, I mean, that's something that great play that we got from Jim McKee tight end again. If he's, he's, he's behind him wide open. I mean, just, I can't, can't tell you how many times, um, you know, they, they get this play to work. See it again, motion across, Fake the tackle trap for the tight end post. There it is again. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how many times this play's been money for Jim McKee over the years. And, and again, if you don't like, if that tight end ain't there, check it down to the curl. Boom. So, you, I mean, you can see it. They're, they're hitting both. It's not just that that tight end on the post. There's, there's tons of time where he hits the curl as well. But, I mean, you're looking for that tight end, obviously, first. But again, here, here's us running it. You know, we stole it from Jim McKee. Ocean across, fake the tackle trap. Look for that tight end. You can see us, too. It's working for us. I mean, that's one of their best plays. I'll show you another awesome play action that they get. That tight end open is out of their slot formation. They fake belly. Okay, so I'll show you the belly first, and I'll show you the, uh, the play action off it. So here's slot, slot formation. Belly, obviously, that... We're running belly to the tight end. So that dive back's leading through. You know, we're giving it to the fullback on belly. And then this wing is coming around faking belly sweep. So here's our belly uh to the tight end out of slot formation. So give and then fake to that wing. So that there's our belly, right? You know, it's just running that. So here it is again, belly to the tight end. That wing's coming around, right? Then off of that, you got your belly sweep out of that same look. So now it's, now you're faking the belly, giving to the wing, fake belly, give to the wing. Right? So you got that look and it all looks the same. Here it is again, fake belly, give to the wing. So there's your belly sweep, okay? And now off of that, you got your pass. So here, here it is. So now here's the, here's the route. The tight end's going to run almost at that safety and he's running deep to the corner. Your dive back's going to run through there just like you did on belly at that inside linebacker looking like he's going to leave block on him and he's running the outcut. Everything else looks the same. You're still faking belly. That wing is still going to come around looking like he's belly sweep and he's going to block, but it all looks like belly and belly sweep. So here we go. So again, he's going to fake belly, and that tight end's running the corner out, and the dive back's running the five-yard out. So fake belly, he's looking for that tight end. I mean, look at that. It, it, it's, it's hilarious how open that they'll get this stuff. So here it is again. Here they're actually going to hit the dive back. So fake belly, that wing's coming around looking like belly sweep. You got the tight end or that dive back. Now he hits the dive back on the five-yard out. And he scores, we tell that, that tight end, if if, if we actually throw to the dive back, you gotta become a blocker now, you know? So here's us, this is us running it. Big belly, that wing's coming around, look for the tight end first, there he is. Just wide open, he's backpedals in the end zone. You can see it from this view, big belly, that wing's coming around, he's looking tight end first. And again, you can kinda see, we had our dive back too. If we wanted to throw to him, he was open. Oh, yeah. Could have hit either guy. Here's them against Louisville Mail uh, years ago in the playoffs, hitting it for a big play. I mean, look at that tight end. This is just wide open. And again, you can run what's beautiful is you can run the same thing the other way. I actually like it better this way probably just because if you look at the quarterback's shoulders when he comes out of the fake, yeah. I'm gonna put slow-mo, He's already more naturally set up to throw if he's right handed. So I kind of like it better this way. If you look when he fakes belly there, see how his shoulders are already set to throw. Yeah. He's right handed. He kind of comes out of there a little bit in a better position to throw. But you can see same, same play. Tight ends running the corner, diebacks running that out. And that's, it's just so easy. And again, it looks like belly or belly sweep. So fake the belly. You got your tight end on the corner, your dieback on the out. It's just, over and over just w- absolutely the tight end is just wide open and if not that dive back's a great look too look at the tight end but you can't run it a lot and when you do run it it better be a situation where they're expecting run yeah you no know? and you still got that check down the dive back so again but it, it, it's a series that clearly looks here's us running it okay yeah, i didn't like our dive back he, he kind of stopped i think i knew our tight end was going to score or something so we just shut his down. <laughs> see how he he, he, he he you even see him he yeah. points if you keep looking at our dieback he actually points like to the tight end for us to throw it on but look at our tight end here
0: you can't get more open than that coach
1: no and it's over and over and over here's scott county again running it look at that i mean it's just so it's just beautiful. Jim McKee was nice enough. He actually shared all the film of his team going back like 10 years. Jeez. So over that COVID break, I'm not even kidding. I watched every game of Scott County going back 10 years, every snap of every game, probably at least four times. And kind of went through and said, all right, what plays were money for them over and over and over. Yeah. And we incorporated it and that was our offense. And I I call him and text him almost every day and, bothered the heck out of them so you got, you guys got a good one uh coming on here in a couple of weeks right. with uh
0: yeah we'll see him right after christmas um just for anybody wondering because Jerry had to pop out real quick he had a small family emergency that um hopefully will be fine but um, he had to sneak out real quick um but yeah i mean i i appreciate you coming on coach i know you i knew get running here in a minute um sure. uh real quick um Coach will be back on later to do a clinic for the channel on uh, kind of formations, motions, um, flipping line. Uh, he's gonna talk about some of that. I mean, me and him are working out the details of that. Of when he'll be on, probably have to, probably get him on to filming after Christmas break. Um, if anybody wants to reach out to Coach, I'll put his uh, Twitter in the bio um, as well as the video. So if you want to follow him, reach out to him. Um, Co- Coach, will get back to you. Um, I appreciate it, coach. Uh, congratulations again on your successful season. Um, and that is another episode of the uh, Gap Downbacker podcast.